Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Spray On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. I, I like to. Uh, I like to say something. This is Dirt and Spray. Back in '82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. God, there was one week when you wore sweatpants every day. Oh, you know what? If they were Sean John sweatpants, it would have been fine. But because they're Costco brand, it's like the worst thing I could do. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2, youtube.com backslash 1080 The Fan. Cat perverts. You cat perverts on the YouTube stream, you can let us know about your... uh, Cat Pervert, perversions. Cat perversions <laughs> on the comment section. Put your cats down, you weirdos. <laughs> Nobody needs to see that. We know what you're going to say you're a big fan of, now that we've mentioned being cat perverts. <laughs> uh, Service Patriots podcast, you can find that at 1080thefan.com. Uh, the podcast section, check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. And the Vancouver Ford text line is 503-864-6326. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them for more information at VancouverFord.com. We've got Brandon Huffman coming up at 7.30 of 24-7 Sports. A lot of crystal balling, portaling, recruiting in general. Talk with him. we got Kim Barkley at 8. Start the second hour, though, here, Dirt. We uh, mentioned Oregon State having a tough day yesterday. They lost some. They had a decommitment. They lost some guys to the portal, some big names for them. Uh, we've got the Oregon-Oregon State football game is back on. <laughs> the Civil War agreement that we got yesterday, uh, this game is going to transpire, what, is it September 14th or September 24th? 14th. September 14th is the day that they are clearing out. I don't know business much more than any other regular Joe. It seems really odd to me from a business standpoint on an Oregon-Oregon State article to be on Oregon Live behind a paywall. I don't know why you would do that. 
I got to make that money. That's I'd rather what? just be informed in the moment than have to pay <laughs> to read that story. So I don't understand that one. This is why we're free around here, baby. All this info is free. Yeah. Uh, but the game is back on and uh, looks like they're going to try to do what the Apple Cup did. Keep this game going next year. Oregon will play in Corvallis, seeing how the Beavers just played in Eugene. We did a poll question on this, Dirt, and I'll throw it to you. Yeah, I'm curious. What did the results end up being here? I was stunned you didn't do a poll question on this I yesterday. did. Everybody else, I wanted to do one in the afternoon, and then like everybody else had done one, and I didn't want to be the Johnny-come-lately with another one. Uh, and then I forgot to do one last night, so I was glad you did one, because enough time had passed from the other questions. It's like, hey, here's a poll question. I'm going to go vote. I also wasn't on Twitter yesterday ah, afternoon, so go. I didn't see any of those. Yeah. Uh, how would you rate your feelings about the Oregon-Oregon State game continuing? Your options are super stoked. Stoked, bruh. Hey, good news. Meh. Don't care anymore. Those are your four options. You can vote now, right now. Hey, good news is winning with 45.7%. Okay, that's probably where I would vote. Uh, I'm not super stoked for it. I don't think I'm a don't care a little bit of a meh or, hey, good news. I'm kind of waffling between those two phases right now. But in the short term, I'm going to go with, hey, good news. It was an ironic story where it felt like it was something that both fan bases were a little angry by. Oregon State, for obvious reasons, they want nothing to do with Oregon anymore. Not the entire fan base, but a lot of fans want nothing to do with Oregon anymore. They don't want to play the game anymore. And I, I you can have that sentiment all you want, man. I'm not going to tell you how you feel. On the other side of that, Oregon fan looked at it. Oregon gave up a home game for this. They gave up a home game against Texas Tech to play this game on the road. So they're losing a home game next year. They were going to have eight home games out of 13, and now they're going to have seven home games out of 13. So they lost a home game in the in the process. Texas Tech is now going to go play Washington State. Were you surprised that it was Tech and not Boise State? I was, and I did not expect that at all. And I didn't know how that negotiation went because I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't. Texas Tech and Washington State are playing because of this now, right? Like that was yes, not per- so on the, the schedule. Ducks, the Ducks. They gave them a slingshot home got- game. <laughs> They, Texas Tech said we need a game against a power, you know, a yeah. power, what a power five team. So they said, they said "Hey, here's we'll the Cougs. Do that." I don't know how much they had to grease the skids if they're still covering. I mean, I'm sure they are. Yeah, I mean, might as well. They can write the check. But um, yeah, I no, I think this is good news. I think once I worry that if you don't get it on the books and keep playing it. In four or five years, if the the gap between where Oregon is and where we think Oregon State might be gets giant, that you'll never get it back. And that would be too bad. Yeah, and uh, I, I, yeah. I know everybody's, you know, all wrapped up in emotions about the entire situation right now. But I think I think you need to keep playing it for as long as you can. So keeping it on the books. I also think that, yeah, I mean, you see. The Apple Cup is sponsored. I think this might, I've said it before, spur the ability to find some sponsorship for this series. I mean, it should be the Nike Bowl. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean an Oregon State fan probably wouldn't be cool with that, but, you know, hey, they, whatever. They sponsor the school. They I don't do. care. Like, you can be mad about that yeah. for, I don't it's still a Nike school. the reason. I, it's Here's a Nike what I'll school. say. I, I, agree, I agree with the, the sentiment of, I think in the short term, I'm happy that it's getting rescheduled. I'm happy that it's going to be on the books for the next two years. None of us know what the landscape's going to look like a year from now. None of us know what the landscape's going to look like five years from now. If it ends up becoming what it appears it is going to become, and that is worst-case scenario for Oregon State, I'm right there with every Beaver fan, and I want nothing to do with this game. The gap is only going to grow wider and wider and wider financially. It's going to become just an annual ass-kicking that you're not going to be able to compete in. And nobody nobody wants – Oregon doesn't want that. Oregon State doesn't want that. Nobody wants that. 
I'm all for, though, in the short term, trying to hold on to it just to see what happens. If it if there ends up being some weird ACC Big 12 Pac-2 thing and you're back on solid footing and you're making money, I would look back four years from now and be like, all right, can we put the, the horse back in the barn? Can we reschedule this thing? Because now there's a somewhat even playing field again. So I'm glad that they're holding on to it in the short term. The other tough part for Oregon State, I understand the sentiment that they don't want to play the game, and I would probably share that sentiment if I were a Beaver fan. You you need a couple of things on your schedule next year. You need games that are attractive to TV providers, and whether you like Oregon or not, they are attractive to a TV provider because you don't your games aren't on television. You need a TV contract, so Cal and Stanford are not going to do that. You need one of those games. Now, if you can go schedule another one, by all means, go schedule another one and don't play Oregon, but you have to have something that you can sell to a television and say, hey, we want to put this game on TV, and when it's in Corvallis, they have the rights to sell that. The other thing is, and this might end up being a wrong take, and I will own up to it in September if it is, I would be willing to bet a decent amount of money that this is the highest price ticket for the home slate for Oregon State next year, and it's the most attended home game for Oregon State next year. If I'm wrong on that, I'll own up to it. But you need incentives for people to buy tickets, to buy season tickets, and to put games on television. And Oregon checks a handful of those boxes while also keeping this alive, at least in the short term. You said nobody wants this if it becomes the gap. And by the way, the gap both you are referencing, I would argue, is already there now. It's always been there. It's always been there. It's there even more more now yeah they lost really talented players off that team they're not getting those kind of guys no. back that's no. done unless they can get in one of the power four conferences this is kind of what it is my only pushback is why would Oregon not want to kick their ass you said both fan bases won't want this why why would you not want an easy win uh because I, I don't know what scheduling is going to look like I don't know how many home and road non-conference games you're going to be able to schedule and I think it mm. becomes a thing of if, would you want to use a road non-conference game every other year against a team that's just fighting for their lives and I don't know if that's you played true. Portland State this year I would argue you, you have home. one of those games every year at though, home right at home but I mean if the talent gap is massive it's not to say upsets can't happen it's just to say the way Oregon recruits and the way Oregon State's lost some guys in the portal and the uncertainty of future, it, home or road, I don't I don't know how much that's going to matter. Yeah, I think with road non-conference games in the future, you're going to want there to be some sort of recruiting incentives of some sort of payoff, if you will, going into Texas to play a non-conference game, going down south to play a non-conference game on the road. That, that to me, is more interesting mm. than playing a Mountain West Oregon State team. I'm not saying I wouldn't want it ever to be played again, but to have it be an annual series, if that's what it ends up being. As an Oregon fan, I, I, maybe the university feels differently. I'm just talking as a fan. I want nothing to do with that game. I voted Man, I'm very close to don't care anymore. Hmm? Truly. Saw this, didn't care. I, maybe I don't care. I don't know. But I kind of went, meh. And then I just closed my phone. Yeah, I think we'll feel a little bit different. I think in the moment, you're in the heat of everything that's going on. And there could be a different sentiment by the time the season rolls around and you have the week leading into the game. Oregon's going to be favored massively in that game next year, to your point about the gap. It's just the whole thing is weird to me. It's going to be yes. a September game. Yes. Uh, students aren't back on campus yet. The band, the students, like there's all that. Uh, you're not, I don't think you're going to be wrong on the ticket prices and the attendance part, but I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm I, in a weird place right now with the Oregon State football program. I'm, I'm oh, rooting it, for people on that staff. I wish nothing but success for them, but we followed this for over a year, and we we were pretty right on most of the stuff we talked about. And so, like, I'm trying to be honest with people. I don't I don't feel great about where this is ultimately going, and yeah. I don't know what signs we have that this is going to drastically change conference wise, circumstances wise. Yeah, there, are, there are none. 
I, I don't know. There's just there's not the same feel to this game, and I, I felt it this year. To be honest with you, it was a massive game for both teams. Oregon needed to win to assure themselves, and they wanted revenge, and Oregon State uh, wanted to finish on a high and maybe pull a road upset, and then the coach stuff got loud, and then the conference stuff loomed, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel anything about that game. People were telling, are you okay? I'm literally not bothered at all by this, and nor am I surprised. So, I don't know. I It feels like, hey, the Washington schools did it. We, we've got to do it. Like, I don't know. There's just nothing. There's no juice behind this for me anymore. And there won't be for either side, probably. It's I, a September why game. should there be? You yeah. know, this is not the same game. This is not the same feel. I didn't have it this year. I'm definitely probably not going to have it next year when Oregon's in the Big Ten. I don't blame you for feeling that way at all. I understand why Oregon State feels that way. I'm just I'm trying to explain why because I've seen a lot of frustration from Beaver fans towards the administration for scheduling this game. I see. I think Oregon State fan most of them are okay with it. I just think you are seeing a lot of the loud negative. Stuff. There's a lot of vocal stuff on social media there's yeah. no doubt about that i just i'm trying to explain why i understand why they scheduled it and well, that's common sense they have sure. to they it's, just you need to get like somebody travel and money right. and, and tv like this isn't hard to figure out you yeah. can hate them and that's okay but we talked about this game the only thing i was wrong on is that they oregon is willing to come to corvallis yeah oregon's in a position to say i mean you kind of need us more than we need you who cares about the goodwill of the state and the fan bases yeah we left the program and we left you to the big 10 but yeah, I mean it's pretty easy to see why this game was still scheduled. Like you need you need incentives to sell your games to television partners. You need and you don't have that in road games, right? And if Oregon State can find Power Five teams to come to Corvallis, then I'm right there with Beaver fans saying I don't want to play it anymore. Let's get Notre Dame to come to town. Let's get LSU to come to town. But until I see that happen, I'm not going to believe it. Like the other Power Five teams, LSU's not going to a Mountain West. School. Exactly. The other Power Five teams that you've been mentioned to play potentially on your schedule next year are like Cal, Stanford. I've randomly seen Auburn throw in there. Purdue's in it. Purdue's already cut. Yeah, they were already coming. Yep. So you got a home game with Purdue. Um, I I would be shocked if Auburn comes to Corvallis, but maybe that ends up being a wrong take. Cal and Stanford coming to Corvallis does nothing. That's a 6:30 game on the Pac-12 Network with 24,000 people watching. Like you have to have something. I think to hold on to try to try and hold on to a sense of normalcy on your schedule next year and then to incentivize people to buy tickets. Like that's a massive thing because I think there's a lot of fans that are in your line of thinking of saying like this sucks and I just don't know if I'm going to care as much anymore. There's a lot of like I just feel dead inside and I don't blame anybody for feeling that way, but if you can have something like this that incentivizes fans to go down to Corvallis and buy tickets, spend money then it ends up at least making a little bit of money for the university. Uh, Huffman at 7.30. Coming up next, is it possible to have a great loss? Next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Dirt, we got Huffman coming up at the bottom of the hour. The Blazers with a nice little loss last night. Good little loss last night. At Golden State. Outscored, outscored the Warriors in two of the four quarters, and the second half kind of fell apart a little bit, and Steph Curry and company got serious, came back, <laughs> took a late lead, ended up winning 110-106. to Shaden Sharp, I thought player of the game. I know Ant, uh, in the impact he has on the offense, the attention he draws, it helps everybody. I, I understand that part of it. Yeah, it was nice to have Ant back. I thought Shaden was awesome last night. Uh, with his 26 points, he was aggressive. He was making plays with people. He had five, six, six, uh, five assists, six boards. Uh, Ant also, who made his return from his uh, injury, uh, he was 10 of 27, so not very efficient from the field. Uh, not great to have 28 points on 27 shots, but first game back, and you clearly see the impact that he has. Uh, Tamani, defensive juggernaut. Matisse, defensive juggernaut. Brogdon left with a knee injury. That's going to be concerning if it's very serious. Wait and see more reports on that. There was no DeAndre Ayton, and obviously uh, Time Lord has been out for an extended period, and Jeremy had a concussion. So (laughs) shorthanded, and they damn near beat the Golden State Warriors last night. I mean, the Golden State Warriors got a whole host of problems. I don't know what the hell is going on down there. Clay looks like he is completely washed, which makes me sad because I love Clay Thompson, but that's kind of painful to watch right now. It's not aging well. It's not good at all. And he's I think he's a contract year, right? Isn't his deal up at the end of the season, and he's stressing about that, and he just doesn't have it athletically anymore. I've always loved Clay Thompson, and I feel bad for that. Um, the the biggest takeaway for me last night, like, look, it's nice to have Ant back. Shaden, you're right, was awesome. I continue to make money when they have leads in games, like just live bet whoever they're playing because they're probably going to blow the lead. And they, I got the Warriors at like plus one fifty on the money line when they were down by eleven in the third quarter. They don't make you a little nervous though. Like the one thing about this team, the record does not indicate that I should be asking you this, but I've watched. Yeah. I think I've only missed one game. Uh huh. They've had way more of these games than the games where they've lost by sure. 20 or more. I've stopped betting them pregame because I don't know what, especially with Ant back last night. I was like, I'm staying, I don't know what the line was even You're waiting in live betting. Waiting in live hmm. betting. And I just, like, you're on the road in Golden State. They're going to get whistles. Draymond's going to do something stupid. Steph's going to hit some threes. Like, I've seen this movie before, and this Blazer team is probably not equipped to hold on to this lead, and they're going to find a way to lose it. The, the biggest headline from last night is Malcolm Brogdon, like, without a doubt. When you traded for Robert, really? I thought so at least. When you traded for Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon, we know that those are pieces, or assumed that those are pieces that are not long-term picture pieces. And the whole idea was, what what was the the Danny and, and you guys are saying a paperclip into a house or whatever, right? We're going to oh, take yeah, one trade to the start next with a paperclip sure. and try to get a house out of it. Malcolm yeah. Brogdon and Robert Williams were a part of turning that thing into a house. <laughs> they were. One of them is already out for the season. You cannot trade him. Yeah. Now, he's got contract time left, so I'm not saying you can't trade him in the future, but that was the whole idea of getting him. The whole idea of having Malcolm Brogdon was like, sure, you can ease scoot in, have a veteran guard that's a good presence in the locker room, but at some point you want to trade him and get something for him because you're not mm-hmm. going anywhere, and Brogdon's not a part of your long-term view. So I don't know how serious the injury it is. They just said soreness. He's not going to return to the game. 
if that ends up being some, he has dealt with injuries in his career. It's been one of his bugaboos the last couple of years. It's what happened to him at the end of last year at Boston? He won six man of the year, but, but he wasn't healthy. Yeah, he wasn't so healthy. That to me was, and I don't want to take away from Shaden in the night that he's had. He's having a really good year. Ant being back, it was fun to see him play. Not the most efficient night, but I didn't expect that in night <laughs> one. If Brogdon has a serious knee injury, that's two pieces that you could have dealt at the deadline that are no longer dealable. I certainly agree with what you said, except for the biggest takeaway part, because is I hate seeing the the term soreness. I just think it's such an open ended thing, and yeah, it's better than in hockey. In hockey, they just go lower body injury. Did you see or the, upper body injury? Did you watch Hard Knocks? The I do. One? I have not been watching it. No, I'd be curious to see what you thought. The last episode I was on Jalen Phillips. Mm-hmm. Black Friday game? Yes. Uh, he was on. He was audibly caught talking about or playing with his knee. He His knee felt weird. The very next play, pop, the Achilles goes. Yeah. So when you say anything with knee and soreness, I just, I'm always worried naturally. I'm out. I'm out. I, I thought last night was about Shaden. I thought last night was about Tumani. I thought last night was about Jabari Walker and Matisse and... Yeah, this team's not that talented. I think cleaning the glass still projects them to be like a 22 to 23 win team. But you're seeing pieces that like every team in the league is trying to get. 6-4 to 6-7, mm-hmm. rangy, athletic, you know, defensively locked in. Tamani's been awesome. Like I don't I'm trying not to overreact to Tamani. <laughs> Because I think he is a very valuable role guy already, and he's a rookie. Yes, he is. Uh, Matisse, not the greatest shooter in the world. We all know he's offensively challenged in some ways. Damn it if he doesn't make like four to five plays on defense where I'm like, oh, where was where was this guy five years ago for Portland? We needed that guy. Where were the lengthy wings to put around Damian Lillard to try and win? And so like, it, it kind of gives you this quick preview snapshot of, of maybe what Cronin and company are trying to put together. Yeah. And having Ant is massive because you saw what it does for Shaden. It takes less pressure off him. It allows him to continue to try to make plays and have guys to move the ball around to. I just, I, 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 your overall point, I get it. My takeaway was great loss because I saw so many positives mm-hmm. and they still collected a ping pong ball. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, right? And I, I don't. I see where you're coming from. I, I would just say none of these things are surprises to me. Like, I, Shaden's having a really good year Tamani this year. Tamani Kamara and Jabari well, no, I'm just Walker. Saying, and... I'm saying at this point, it's not like they're they having good years, man. They're playing good ball. That's not something new. It's not like Kamara's been ass for the last two weeks and then all of a sudden woke up and had a good game. It's the, what, okay, that's fair. What I would add to it then is it's the consistency. It's the, sure. when is this balloon going to pop? Yeah, I mean, it probably you know? will at some point because we're Blazer fans and we don't get nice things, so it probably will at some point. Tamani's about as nice as we can possibly <laughs> hope for. I mean, he's got to develop some form of an offensive game. It's just not quite there yet. He's a rookie. I'm not overly critis- you know, criticizing him. But that's the missing link for him. If he can if he can find something to be a go-to move, a, a go-to shot, a go-to something on the other end of the floor, his length and disruptive nature on the defensive end is awesome. And we have not had a guy like that. I know Matisse kind of came in late last year and was that a bit. 
that we haven't had a guy like that in a long time. That's six foot seven with that length that can be a problem on the other end of the floor. The, the thing that you need to see him develop, I think, the rest of the season is can you get comfortable on the other end? I mean, he's shooting like 27% from three and like 35% from the floor. Yeah. Last night, for his, how good as he was defensively, he was three of 14 from the floor and like 0 of 4 from three. So he doesn't have any offensive game. He can throw down some hammer dunks from time to time. Sure. And those are awesome. He's active on the glass. He's active he on the glass. So yeah. get push, putbacks. You love all of that. He just needs to develop something there. And so those are things I think you can keep an eye on the rest of the way. But yeah, I just, I'm not surprised. I, I expect Shaden to have good nights now. Like, I, I expect. Jabari Walker to have a good night. I expect Tamani Kamara to be a good difference maker on the defensive end of the floor. Um, I'm just I'm in the mindset of like just praying for the love of God. Don't let Brogdon be a serious injury because if it is, that would be a major blow to what you wanted to do with the deadline. I I have expected all season they're going to move one or two of those guys. Robert Williams is clearly not going to get traded, and now maybe you can't trade Brogdon, and that would suck because you got to hold on him until the offseason and then try and make something happen in June or July. Uh, we've got Ken Barkley at 8, NFL odds and ends to get to as well, but coming up next, the portal season has started. It's crystal ball season. Brandon Huffman, 24-7, is our guest for the Daily Ticker, and he joins us next on The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How do you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, a lot going on in the transfer portal, recruiting. There's a big commitment happening today. College football is on fire, it feels like, right now. We need to get a crystal ball in here for portal season. We do, Give yeah. our predictions and oh, then I like them to somebody like Huffman's. I like that. Joining us now is our good friend, Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting Editor of 24-7 Sports, at Brandon Huffman. On Twitter, go give him a follow there. Brandon, thanks for the time for, for jumping on, man. I... Have you been surprised by the amount of people that have jumped in the portal? Is this what you expected? Just what have you thought so far here in this first week of, of chaos in the sport? Yeah, I mean, I'm not even surprised anymore. I would say the numbers are about what you expect, especially that we still are in somewhat of an era of COVID seasons overlapping and coaches trying to encourage guys to move on so they can get their rosters managed. I would say there's a few players that went into the portal that maybe were a little bit more surprising, but I would say kind of across the board, I think this is where we're at in college football, and it's going to continue to be the biggest story of the offseason uh, is the portal and who goes in and who's taking out and who's recruiting from it. A mm. uh, big name that's been kind of circulating around these areas is uh, Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback from Oklahoma, who has another year of eligibility. And, you know, crystal ball season's an interesting one, Brandon, because everybody has the predictions to make. 
It feels like maybe it's Oregon as the favorite. Uh, are we crystal balling Dylan Gabriel as the quarterback for the Ducks? If, if we haven't crystal balled it, our at least the uh, the app is open and the button's about to be pushed. I mean, it, it's pointing to Oregon, and, and that's kind of where I go. Where I say, you know, there's a couple that are surprising. He's not so much a surprise. It's more the fact that you have an accomplished two-year starter at Oklahoma and you want to go with the youth movement. So that allows schools like an Oregon that may need that stopgap guy. Maybe they're not confident with what they have coming up the, the, the chain yet, and maybe they're not quite ready to turn the young guy over. So you get that one-year stopgap guy. And, again, that's where I think you're, you're seeing college football turn, where if I can get that one-year, it's almost like in pro sports, that one-year contract. We just need that middle reliever for this season we can get this guy before he becomes a real free agent. That's kind of how it's operating. But right now I think Oregon's in a really good spot to finally get that elusive lefty from Hawaii that they missed with Tua Tonga Bailoa. <laughs> That's right. And he's got a chance to go back to Hawaii, right? That's where Oregon's hey, first game is can next I, year. Can I quickly just throw yeah. something out at both of you guys? I, I was um, I was watching a Dolphin-based thing, and I guess Tua wanted to go to USC, mm. and his dad made him go to Bama. I always thought it was Oregon, but I heard USC. I, I, I didn't, I didn't yeah, know. That's tough, man. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I that, that. That, that's very true. And the funny thing is, for years, everybody said, oh, he, was, he wanted to go to Oregon. There was obviously the, the connection with that he was a junior, I think, when Marcus won the Heisman Trophy, played at St. Louis. But USC was always the dream school. And at that time, I mean, I remember doing an interview with him at USC during their Rising Stars camp in 2015, Steve Sarkeesian was still the head coach at USC, and Marcus Tuyasasopo was the quarterback's coach, or was the tight end's coach, but was recruiting Hawaii, and he almost went to USC, but USC was kind of slow playing him a little bit mm. because they were trying to you know, lock in a couple older quarterbacks. At that same time, he went to Alabama, and the rest is history. Interesting. We're talking with Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting uh, Director for 24-7 Sports. I, I, I don't know if I'm crazy, stupid, smart, dumb, all of the above. But Daily, I, you're all of those. I need to ask you a question, Huffman, because I'm working a theory as a duck that not only do they have a chance to get Dylan Gabriel, but that maybe Dante Moore could be coming too. Where, where do I fall in the oh category God. of throwing that Spoiled. out there? I would say it's one or the other, not both. Okay. I mean, part okay. of the reason that Dante Moore went to UCLA in the first place was Bo Nix returning to Oregon. He wanted to play right away. And, you know, when you have a season like Dante Moore did where it started off well and it ended poorly, you need to go somewhere where you can have your reclamation project and it could start immediately. So he's going to go somewhere that he can be the starter. I think it's one or the other. I don't see, especially in this era, of it being both and you know give it up to ty thompson man this guy has seen them recruit quarterback after quarterback yeah. after him before him and he hasn't left yet free jordans are pretty hard to turn down you know what i mean like i kind of <laughs> don't blame him that's for that that's a good deal man uh you know huffman i i don't think anything really surprises you much you you hear a lot of intel on a daily basis this portal thing now has been around for a couple of years what have you learned about the portal in college football and the way it's all being handled what have you learned as a recruiting analyst about it yeah, I mean, I've learned that the first Monday of the portal dwarfs the excitement of signing day in February or in December. I mean, I remember the years where, I mean, I got into the recruiting industry because I love signing day in February. And then in 2017, it moved to December. Right. Now guys commit so early in the process. Most schools want to have 90% of their class wrapped up by the end of June of, you know, going into that senior year that the portal, the, you know, the, the, the portal palooza, as we called it. I was in Nashville on Monday shooting a show all day for 24-7 just on the portal. And I think what makes it so exciting is that in high school, the diehards are the ones that know who those recruits are. The diehards know who the five-star quarterback is. 
every college football fan knows who Kyle McCord is. They know who a Walter Nolan is, who a Dylan Gabriel is. So the Monday of the portal officially opening, it is now dwarfed signing day because you're expecting, you know, guys to go into the portal, but then you have those names that surprise you. I think that's the part that, that blows me away is that recruiting has always been the lifeblood of the sport. Now it's recruiting out of the portal. That's becoming that lifeblood, that IV, that emergency surgery that fixes everything quickly. Hmm. You mentioned the show you guys did on Monday. I do want to give a shout out. If you're into this stuff and college football, and who's in the stuff. portal that I watched like three hours of that thing, man, I was yeah. rotating panelists on there and you guys were all on just breaking down every name that jumped in. So uh, awesome work on that. And nobody does it better uh, than 24 seven sports. This might be impossible to answer, but we were talking about Oregon State earlier, and I know you've had some you know, stuff out there about Aiden Childs and uh, where he could potentially be going. Their roster's been decimated. Does that happen if Jonathan Smith stays? Is this a conference thing, a coach-leaving thing, a combination thing? What do you make of what's going on in Corvallis right now? No, it's 100% a coaching thing. You look at the six or seven decommits that have all happened, all have decommitted because the coach recruiting them to Oregon State is going to Michigan State, and the relationship was built with the coach. I don't think any of those players – go into the portal if it weren't for the coaching staff leaving. I think it's, you know, it, it's similar at Washington State. Washington State hasn't been killed as much by the portal as I think people speculated that they would, uh, even though they, they didn't lose their coach, but they're having the conference affiliation. I think when you build a strong culture, the culture is going to trump everything. But when the guy who's in charge of the culture leaves, that kind of opens the, the floodgates a bit. So when you have mm. an Achille Arnold go into the portal, potentially an Easton Macarinus, you know, they're not going because they don't like Oregon State. They're going because the coach that bought it, brought them there is, is now leaving. And so I think that's the, the, the problem. You look at UCLA, guys going into the portal, it's a culture thing. It's chips falling apart. It's a lame duck status. You look at schools that are losing guys, for the most part, it's in Texas A&M with guys going there for NIL. It's not an Oregon State thing so much as it is Jonathan Smith leaving, but I think that's where the continuity helps because there could have been a heck of a lot more guys going into the portal. There still may be, but guys believe in Trent Bray. You look at Boise State with Spencer Danielson being promoted from the interim job to the head coaching job. Yeah, losing Taylor Green, not a surprise because the way he was pulled around during the season, but the majority of those guys are staying because of the culture, and I think that's where you know the culture is so important and continuity is so important. I just think Oregon State's the victim of terrible circumstances. Yeah. It's not to say, Brandon, that that freshman studs in high school going to college won't get shots. I mean, you've got a couple programs in the playoff with guys they recruited and guys that have developed, but it does feel like we're kind of leaning into a world with the portal. We said this yesterday, talking about Oregon and Gabriel where it's like Oregon's always going to have the talent around whoever's playing quarterback. Can you compete at a higher level with a Dylan Gabriel versus handing the, the reins over to a freshman who's probably going to take some licks and lumps because largely freshmen don't have the most success possible? Do you feel like these top-end programs are just kind of more leaning into the we'll go get the big free agent quarterback instead of so much getting the freshman and developing him up for a couple years thing how the portal has kind of changed the way maybe elite programs view the quarterback position. I, I 100% believe that. And I think we're, we're seeing, you know, everybody compares it to the NFL free agency, but I look at it more like in baseball, where you look at the teams that are consistently winning, you know, historically, it's been the big spending teams, the, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the teams that bring in those big-time free agents that maybe they don't draft well, but they trade and they make these, these guys come in and they win. And I think that's what you're going to start seeing in college football more teams trying to go that model. But if you look at four of the teams that 
are in the, the college football playoff, you know, yes, three of them have a transfer quarterback. But if you also look at the fact that the teams that have been consistently winning national championships, not just playing for them, but winning them, Alabama, Georgia, they're still winning with a large chunk of those guys being guys that Nick Saban and Kirby Smart recruited, that they developed. And even if you look at Washington, yes, Michael Penix is getting all the attention as kind of the, the you know, the, the higher gun to come in. But the, you know, Roma Dunzes, the Jalen McMillan, the Troy Fatunos, those are all guys that were recruited by Washington and they yeah. developed. You look at Texas, Quinn Ewers, yeah, I mean, he was a Texas commit at one time, went to Ohio State and came back, but you look at the, the, the good chunk of those teams, Michigan, almost all guys that Jim Harbaugh recruited and developed. Alabama, almost all guys that Nick Saban recruited and developed. I think that's the danger. Yes, it can help you fix the problem very quickly. USC went that route a year ago with Caleb Williams and bringing in all those transfers. But at the end of the day, you know, there's no cohesion. There's no chemistry, and they go seven and five. That's why I still think recruiting – is so important. Go get a player or two that might be a difference maker. But eight or nine of those guys, especially along the offensive line, and you look at Oregon State and look at how good their offensive line has played, those are all guys that Jim Mahalchuk recruited, developed, and evaluated, and it turned them into one of the best offensive lines. Michigan's the same way. That's why I still think you need to have a good chunk of your recruits be guys you recruited, not got out of the portal. Uh, last one for you, Huffman. We got to go quickly here because we're against it. Uh, Walter Nolan is a player that I might cry if he announces he's coming to Eugene. Where's the percentage on that? And then Jordan Seaton announcing his commitment today. What, what, what are you thinking or what are we hearing there? Well, if you like the color orange, then you might be a little bit more excited about what I'm saying. And no, that doesn't mean he's coming to Oregon State. Walter Nolan's originally from Knoxville. There's a lot of buzz mm. that he's going back to Tennessee. A lot of buzz he may stay in College Station when it's all said and done. Mm. I mean, I think there's some guys that go to the portal for leverage sake. But Jordan Seaton right now, a lot of buzz about the orange for him as well. So while Oregon was, you know, was in it for Jordan Seaton, I, I think he stays down south. And Walter Nolan, I think he stays down south too. And, you know, sometimes you just got to follow the, the dots to see where some guys go. And don't be surprised if in a year or two from now, some of these guys who are announced today end up in this portal on our Portal Palooza show. Uh, Dirt, he knows literally every player and where they're going because of all the intel these guys get. Like, Huffman gets all of this stuff behind the scenes, and most of this he doesn't need to release or tell people, and he no. just gets to chuckle when he ends up being right on We're all We're all of it. desperate for the information. He's got all of it. We you look want good, more too, on TV, Huffman. Look great you look great, TV. man. He's doing hey, awesome. Thanks. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. There you go. Brandon Huffman, National Director, uh, Recruiting Editor for 24-7 Sports, at Brandon Huffman on Twitter. Go give them a follow. They do great stuff on the 24-7 st- uh, you know, sites for covering the recruiting and the transfer portal. We always appreciate the time. Hopefully you're getting some sleep this time of year, and let's catch up again soon. Let's do it. All right, there you go. Brandon Huffman, really good <laughs> stuff from him. On the transfer portal, it is mass chaos. i got a couple of college football odds and ends to add on top of that, including some hires that have happened, some moves that have taken place. We'll get to those coming up next. Ken Barkley, top of the hour, back up for this on The Fan. Well, I'm going to keep dreaming. Dylan Gabriel, Dante Moore, let's make it happen. i got five on it. I'll donate to the collective. What do you need, Phil? I'll pitch in. Never has it been more obvious how spoiled you've become as a sports fan where you're yeah. saying, hey, are we going to get both the five-star quarterbacks? I mean, it makes sense. One-year rental, the other guy sure. gets to develop. Yeah. I mean, well, who, who wouldn't want that process, right? Come on home, Dante. What would be a bigger upset to you, getting both Dante Moore and Dylan Gabriel or me telling you that Joey the engineer had never heard of Chris Stapleton until about 33 seconds ago when I told him? Uh, the bigger upset would be probably Joey not knowing who Chris Stapleton is. You have to 
like knowingly avoid any music news or yes. notes or songs, right? He to also not know that? looks like Chris Stapleton. Well, we had that conversation. He goes, are you stereotyping me right now? He goes, you know what I'm listening to? Dubstep. And I was like, he's a dubstep guy? Funk and dubstep. Really? I said Stapleton's more of a soulful, bluesy country artist. He's not just like... Although last album, he just came out with one a couple weeks ago. I know, I heard it. A couple of years ago. Uh, Colin Klein's going to Texas A&M. That move happened. We didn't talk about that. How dare he betray his alma mater? It's kind of messed up, right? They pulled um, the knife out of their backs yet? <laughs> Did that make it worse that he said that some of these moves wouldn't happen if Jonathan Smith stayed? Uh, does it or make you it not, worse? Do you not believe it? Because I don't know how to feel about that. I think there was no, going to be... No, I believe it. You believe it? Aiden Childs isn't going anywhere with Jonathan Sure, Smith's I'm, I'm not saying Aiden Childs, but like guys get money thrown at them. Like, that's going to happen. If for and sure, some guys, that's yeah. most... Like, you, you had it with Omar Spates last year, for example. Yeah. He got a payday at LSU. Also spent four years at Oregon State, so he had given kind of some time and service and all that stuff. Uh, maybe they lose a, a couple. Maybe, yeah, sure. It's hmm. Oregon State. It's poaching season, and now it's uh, Power Four, not a Power Five conference anymore. But when Brandon Huffman says something, I largely just don't really want to debate if he's telling the tr- truth because Brandon Huffman... He knows what he's talking about. Again, he basically just told you what you didn't want to hear, right? I'm not going to believe him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Walter Nolan We're might have some orange guys. in his future. That's how those guys speak, by the way. I've talked to him <laughs> off the record. Not him specifically, but like guys like him. And they all talk in coded language where they're basically telling you they know. Yeah, but they can't say it out loud. Yeah, and it's it's that way. It's like, oh, I think there's going to be a little orange in his future, and you have to play the guessing game there. So, Well, Phil, I got five on that one, too. If you need it, hit me up. I got five on that one. Dylan Gabriel, Walter Nolan, which one are you picking? <laughs> you, what, really? I might, I might go Walter Nolan. Then a quarterback that yeah. you know is going to come in and maybe there's another. For- you can go get another quarterback. Walter Nolan's like... Top 10 defensive lineman, best player in the country caliber. And he's transferring from? Texas A&M. What was the record? I mean, we're blaming that on Walter Nolan. No. His numbers were massive. It's, he it's, was the number one recruit in the country, and he's been a stud for two years at A&M. Yeah, I also know Dan Landing has like nine Walter Nolans. <laughs> nah, and... we don't have any Walter Nolans. We got good young kids. We don't have any Walter Nolans. And that's okay. That's, that okay. Like, that's like Jalen Carter. That's that's that like Jordan Davis. I I'm not doubting that. I'm saying simply, if you don't have a quarterback, none of that matters. Yeah, Ty Thompson's fine. DeAnton Lynn <laughs> went to uh, USC. They poached UCLA's defensive coordinator. Yeah, I saw that over the weekend. The young D coordinator. They, we talked about that this they week. They tweeted it out during the Pac-12 title game. Of course they did. They needed a little <laughs> attention. Pay attention to us. We, we're playing defense now. Like, yeah, I'll believe it. Is that I USC's voice? That's USC's voice, yeah. <laughs> we're soft. Let's, let's play seven on seven. That's USC's voice. There you go. All right, now I'm pissed. I want Walter Nolan and Dante Moore Why and Dylan pissed? Gabriel. Give me all the guys. Why are you pissed? Why aren't we paying for all of them, man? We got money to spend. I mean, you're not wrong. Those there. are my expectations. We have the ability to do this now. Give them all five million dollars. Sign them all. I'm just hoping Ben <laughs> Copranson <Go> stays. <laughs> That's where I am. Stay home, Ben. Please, Benny G. All right, we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. Uh, some more football notes to get to. A couple of NFL news and notes. The in-season cup check tournament continues today. This afternoon, we'll get to that. Let's start though with Ken Barkley. As we always do Thursdays at 8 o'clock. That's next on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.